0: good morning welcome to worship here at springfield church of the brethren it is sunday september 25th when did that happen it's what next, next worship is in october isn't it no. No. Uh, it's, it's the first of october wow september is is coming and going uh, welcome to worship all of you who are joining us in person and welcome to those who are joining us online. We're so glad to have you all here. Our scriptures today are out of Exodus 2011. Uh, but I'll also be reading from Matthew 15:3 through6 in 10:32 through42. If you want to follow along in your, um, in your hymn,, in your pew Bibles, I don't know why I always want to call them hymnals makes no sense. They're not hymnals, but they're anyway. Uh, I've got the page numbers up there for you. First one's pretty short. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. From Matthew 15, 3 through 6. Jesus said, Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God. He is not to honor his father with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites, And last but not least uh 10:32 through 42 Whoever acknowledges me before men I will acknowledge also before my father in heaven and whoever disowns me before men I will disown him before my father in heaven do not suppose that I have come here to bring peace to earth I did not come to bring peace but a sword For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and anyone who receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward." And if anyone gives a cup, even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I will tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Amen. So this is actually my least favorite commandment of the ten. Makes perfect sense, I think, in my mind. But in case it doesn't for you, this is why. Number one... When do you learn your commandments, like really start to study them? When you're 10, 12, 11, 13, that, that range. How many 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds do you know are really respectful of their parents? <laughs> Come on. It's not until you, like, you reach your 20s, usually, that you get to understand, oh, my parents were really cool. But you got to wait at least that long. Okay, that's not number there there's this so it comes up again later. I want to say in Deuteronomy, it might have been somewhere else. I'm putting my finger on Deuteronomy though. Because all the law is re-re-resed there and often expanded upon, where it actually gives the command that if a son disrespects his father, then the son should be put to death. As a son who I generally respected my father, and but I may have sin, said or done some things that were less than respectful, I don't want to be put to death over that. Another reason is it kind of runs on the idea that, that most parents or all parents are great parents. I'm going to keep this as bland as possible because I don't want the person, I don't want to tell anyone else's story that I shouldn't tell. But I have a dear friend who I have known since his birth whose mom and dad went through a very, very bitter custody hearing set, a custody trial. I mean, it took years I think they have split up when he was like two or three. And it wasn't even like his mom was trying to make it easy. Like she would do things that were just simply vindictive against his dad. And he was always put in the middle. In fact, the reason that his dad finally won full custody was because when he was visiting his mom and his mom's new family with her new boyfriend, the new boyfriend said, I don't want any kids in this house who aren't mine. And so she decided to drop the custody battle. Said that in front of him. There are some parents who do not deserve respect. At least the way I think of it. So, is it that God thinks that everything's gonna be hunky dory? That everything's gonna be fine? That that all like we should respect our parents, even when our parents are terrible people. I think we've all dealt with that one time or another in our lives where we've come across a person who is genuinely a terrible parent. I've come across a few. That one woman, for instance, I've come across it. I remember this young boy who was so excited at the end of camp. I know I've told this story before. And he runs up to his mom after the end of camp, showing her this thing that he had made himself. And she told him to be quiet and go get in the car. It was time to go. So I try to think of a really good story to open this. And I couldn't come up with one. I had that little bit about my friend. And I just thought about, you know, it's, it's about respect. That's what all of this is about, respect, honoring and respect. So I thought of the time that I had the least amount of respect. And I actually told this story the other night because I was talking to Sister Dolores and Sister Bubba. And they, Sister Dolores told me that she loves it when I tell my friendly stories. And this is a friendly story. I actually told it the other night, I'm going to tell it again. Because man, I was not liked that night. Now, as many of you know, I tend to be a bit of a cream puff. That's the way I would describe my level of authoritativeness. I tend to kind of let things happen as they are going to happen. Okay, maybe cream puff's the wrong word, but I like the use of that. But you know, I, if someone comes to a decision and that's what they want to do, as long as it's not harming anyone and not making life unbearable, all right, let's give it a shot. I was a pretty gentle manager. I honestly didn't care how people did things as long as they were being safe with the food, as long as they were being respectful to one another, and as long as they were fulfilling the basic cleaning needs that we have to do every day. And there was a lot of cleaning. Restaurants are inherently filthy places. Even no matter how much you keep them clean, have you, you all cooked in your own home, right? You know how many dishes you make just making one meal? You're doing that for eight hours straight in a restaurant. There are a lot of dishes, a lot. Now, and then of course, on top of that, you have people using public restrooms, and that's just filthy. You have tables getting dirty. You got floors getting dirty. You have kids who put their hands on the glass doors to open and close them. You are constantly cleaning. It's like, you got a half second. There's no one you're helping right now. Go grab a rag and wipe something. Lord knows it needs to be wiped. Now, when I worked at Fens, it wasn't a huge issue because Fens we didn't open until 4. We had a guy who came in at 9 a.m. His job was to make sure that the restaurant was stocked with food. He would go to the market. He would do the orders when the state liquor store to make sure we had enough wine, liquor. He would go to the, the beverage distributors, make sure our kegs were filled. He took care of all that. And then he would also sweep the floors, clean the windows, and clean the bathrooms. Any, anything had to be done. So, by the time we came in, the restaurant was clean and ready to go. And we just had to do a basic clean at the end of the night you know, clean the workspace, clean the floors. Of course, you couldn't do that friendly because we opened up at seven in the morning. We were there at six, we had an hour to get ready. And that meant that all the prepping and cleaning had to be done in little bits all during the day until the end of the day when everything had to be returned to perfect. Depended on the area. Servers, not bad. You know, on even a slow night, we're talking at least six servers generally. So each one of them would have an area in the back and an area in the front. And the last person out had to handle the floors, the garbage, covering everything, and vacuuming. That was it. You know, they made it as very little work as possible for the last person. Same in the kitchen. If it was a slow night, there were only two cooks. But you know what? You only used half the kitchen then. And so the first person out made sure that everything was stocked and the front half was cleaned. The person in the back cleaned the grill, the deep fryer, and made sure that everything in the back was still stocked when they were done, and then floors, garbage, walls, things like that. Same with the fountain. Each person would do a little work. The person who got the hardest job was the dishwasher because they're the only person back there. I've never been in a restaurant that hired more than one dishwasher on a normal basis. Even on a busy night, we were one dishwasher. And there was a huge stainless steel uh, counter about the piano to the the, uh, organ over here. Four foot wide, just enough room for two large racks that could be sat on it. Always filled with dishes, dirty ones. And even if you tried and you tried to keep on top of things, you were limited because the dishwasher took three minutes. You could not go faster than three minute loads. You can have everything prepped and ready, you rinse down, all ready to go, stick it in there and it takes three minutes until it's done. And then at closing time, they had to handle all the garbage, they had to handle making sure that all the dishes were cleaned, put away, silverware, run through twice, one sor- run, run through once, sorted, run through again, put away. All the dishes, all that, all the equipment coming back from the grill and from the fountain are run through and return to where they are. And then on top of that, they had to do their floors and the garbage. They had the largest floors in the restaurant and the bathrooms. Bathrooms take 30 minutes minimum per bathroom. I worked in an area that had a lot of kids coming through and a lot of people during the summer. 30 minutes was never enough time per bathroom in the summer. I was happy if I got a restroom done in less than 45. You could do it in less than 30, but it didn't look good. Anyway. So that meant the dishwasher was usually the last person done with their work, along with the manager, because I was there helping with everything. And I would usually help along. I did the bathroom wiping. He just did the floors. Well, that was until we got this one manager. I mean, this one... uh, dishwasher i don't even remember his name i don't care to remember i can see him in my head i did not care for this guy as i said i'm generally pretty gentle as long as you get your work done i don't care you know if you want to you know go have a smoke break go have a smoke break i don't really care as long as the dishroom is okay as long as we aren't here for you know two hours after closing I don't know exactly how it happened. I kind of forget all of it. All I remember is it was closing time. And that entire long counter was stacked over a foot and a half high with dirty dishes. The cup rack up on top was completely full of cups. Um, There were cups stacked off to the one side. Remember, everything's limited. Three minutes per run. You could not do it faster than that. The floor was a complete mess. Garbage piled everywhere on the floor because they were overflowing. And he was out in front. Mind you, he's married with a kid flirting with this waitresses. They weren't happy either about it. Now, I did not blow my top. I told him pretty firmly that he needed to come back here and do this, and I would help him. We were going to get it done together. I wasn't going to just like sit in the office. So I got him started on that. I went and I cleaned the bathrooms. I came back in, I cleaned with him. I sent him home at 5 a.m. I worked for the next hour and said good morning to the opener at 6 a.m. when they came in. Later that day, when I came in for a switch, for the switch, you know, I went home at like 6:30, 7 o'clock, went home, went to bed, got back up, walked back into the restaurant. So I was there by 2 o'clock to do the switch off. Saw my general manager. Andrew, what the happened here? She was not happy with me. I should not have been there that late. I knew that, and now I was going to have to deal with her and my district manager being mad at me. I explained what happened, and she's like, look, I know you're new at this whole managing business, but you got to be more firm. He is obviously not respecting you because he thinks he can walk all over you and do whatever he wants. Okay. So I'm sitting there counting out the server who's getting ready to leave. Only manager in the restaurant. He's in there again. He comes in. Hey, I want to go get a smoke. Okay. You know what? We'll let you have a smoke. But here's the thing. We cannot have a repeat of last night. That cannot happen again. I need you to be on top of the dish room. You know the dishwasher takes so much time. We can't make it go any faster than this. So I need you to stay in there as much as possible. Keep things on top, keep on top of things. So before you go get your smoke, I want to make sure that there are empty dish racks for the servers to pop their plates into. I want to make sure there are empty cup racks for the servers to pop their empty cups into. I want to make sure that the garbage is okay. So why don't we go ahead and yank the garbage from the front Yank your garbage, put an empty can back there so that the servers have something to do, put it in while you're out having your smoke. When you get all that done, let me know. I will unlock the back door. I'll let you out and you can have that smoke. He said, okay. I finished counting out the server. You know, I kind of do the deposit from them. I, I open up, I look through all the receipts, count to make sure that I have all the voids, all the credit cards, all the everything I have to have for every single server. We fill out our paperwork, I sign off, she signs off, put it in the deposit bags, all that fun jazz, maybe four or five minutes. I walk out, dish room's got stacks of dishes all over the place, cup racks are all completely full, the garbage is falling on the floor already, it's not as bad as the end of last night, but we're working on it. Oh yeah, I'll take that back. The reason the garbage was overflowing on the floor because there was no garbage can. He had just rolled them to the back. He didn't grab the garbage from the lines. He just rolled his garbage to the back. And I couldn't find him. Okay, I saw red. I don't see riot often, but I saw red that day. And I walked back and I lifted up my foot and I kicked open the back door. The alarm starts blaring because I didn't unlock the alarm first. I just kicked open the back door. And there he is sitting on the curb behind the dumpster, behind the box dumpster, enjoying a smoke. <sighs> <laughs> this is the, uh... mind you, when I worked in kitchens, restaurants are places full of swearing. I'm, this is the PG version, this is the G version. This is the G version. Whatever his name was, I told you. After the garbage and everything was put away, you could have your smoke. I need you to get your tookus up and get the darnation back into that fun restaurant. <laughs> and get back to work. I do not understand where the miscommunication is. We cannot have another night like last night. We pay you to do a job and I need you to do the job. This restaurant cannot run without a dishwasher. If you aren't doing it, then someone else is because it is not a job that can go without. Stomps in with a frowny face. I disturbed him. I, he only finished half his cigarette. He walks in, pulls garbage out, throws it down, and he grabs a bag, and he's doing this trick. You all know that trick with the bag, right? He's like, you're the meanest manager in this whole restaurant. I'm a cream puff. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going home. Now, anyone who has ever worked in this kind of business before, retail, restaurant, food service, here's the thing. If anyone ever tells you that and you want them to not come back, do not do what I did. I said, fine, go home. I don't need you. And right there, that constituted me sending him home, not firing him. I didn't have the authority to fire anyone. But if he had left without me saying anything, then that would have constituted a uh, walk-off in which case he quit. So he came back the next day after I had a conversation with my manager and she said, just to let you know because you told him he could go home, that he still has a job. Really? Yeah, and you're working with him tonight. Really? She said, later on, after he finally quit, It was only like another four or five shifts. We did not stay around long, because I was apparently the meanest manager ever. Uh, He told me, I was told later by my my GM, I was kind of expecting to find you hanging from a meat hook inside the freezer one morning. (laughs) And you put me on with him? That's what happens when we lack respect for one another. Things fall apart so very quickly like, restaurants, anything in our world cannot run without respect. Like, you know, we sign contracts for things. And contracts only work if the people respect the contract. You say, I'm going to work this much. I'm going to do this job, this job, and that job. That only works if you respect it. And, you know, it, it only works when we respect each other and our coworkers. Because you don't respect them, this is what happens. You know, he obviously didn't respect me. But he also didn't respect anyone else in that restaurant. He was making the servers feel uncomfortable, which, of course, they all told me after he quit, and I couldn't do anything about it. They made the servers feel uncomfortable, but he was making their nights longer. He was making everybody's nights longer and harder. You know, he, like. I remember the one night He just, he didn't want to sort the silverware. So after he ran it through once, he hid the whole tray of clean silverware so he didn't have to sort it. I got a nasty note from the opening manager. She was not happy with me. It was like, I had no idea. Yeah, he freaking hid it in the freezer. It was up on the free, like, how was I supposed to see that? I don't go in there. I just go into the freezer and make sure the temperature is okay at the end of the night. That's the only thing I do in there. No respect and things fall apart so very quickly. You know, that's why I brought up the, the, uh, the, the, the bounce house today. Because you know what? We are given these, these ten commandments. And the first four are all about our relationship with God. You know there there are the 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 three do nots. You know do not worship other gods, do not use idols, uh, do not misuse the name. And then there's the one do. You know and do remember the Sabbath, respect it, hold it, hold it true for all of you. So we have four things that are all about our relationship with God, and the gift that we receive back from God. And now we are entering the structure of what that kind of respect from God looks like once we take it out of the personal. Between us and God. Because here's the thing. The greatest commandment, as, I, as we all know, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. If we understood that, we wouldn't need the rest of the law. But we don't. You know, we, it, it's like turning on the, 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 the blower to the bounce house. We don't know what to do with it. Like, yes, we get it. But how do we apply it? So we have to have the structure of the law. Giving us this idea how we take this power, this raw power, and use it constructively in our lives. We have to sew towers and large bouncy things at the bottom. I don't know what you call that. And the the netting on the side to keep kids from flipping out the side. Apparently that's a bad thing, I'm told. We need all of that to make it work. And so God says, here's the first thing you need to know when we take this love for God and we apply it to love for everyone else. First thing you need to know is you need to honor your mom and your dad. Yeah, sure, there are people out there who aren't great parents. But it's only like a small percentage it's not like the old lawyer joke, you know, it's only 99% of lawyers that get the rest of lawyer's bad name. I didn't even get any good chuckles out of that one. Okay, there we go. No, it's, it's, you know, you're only talking a very small percentage of really, truly terrible parents. Most of us are just normal parents, and yeah, we're getting perfect. You know, it took me, I don't know. 45 minutes to get Grace moving this morning, and some of that involved arguing and yelling and screaming. All the yelling and screaming were from her. Just pointing that out. I don't tend to yell and scream unless, you know, she's running out the door. So what is God doing here? God is showing us that there is kind of a basic way to even begin here. And the most basic way to begin is by setting up the structure by which the Israelite community, will live around. So we have God in the temple at the very center of all things. And the next thing that's central outside of that is the family. It's not loyalty to the nation. It's not loyalty to a king or loyalty to your clan. It's loyalty to your family itself. Now, this commandment, I will point out, is not directed at children. It's directed at us, us adults, you know, at the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the seventies, somethings I guess you could be an 80-something and still have your parent around. That is more than possible these days. But it's to respect. It's a call for adults to respect their parents, to honor and to remember them. The word in honor in here, it's the same word that we use that we talk about God. When we use the word there, to fear the Lord. Same word, honor. Fear, it's the same in Hebrew. Now, fear there, you know, it's to respect as one would respect a lion, To know that they have power over you. So to remember that our parents have a certain amount of power over us. Sure, we may not be all over the age of 18, and we get to decide when we're coming home, and if we're going to stay out all night. why am I saying? I've been in a relationship for like 20 years. 18 years, I haven't had a say in that in a while. She's right there, she's ignoring this part. But to honor them, to remember what they have taught you, here is something that's starting to be handed down. Because if I, as a 20 something, as a 30 something, hey, we're, we're gonna go back to biblical times here. I am in my late teens to early 20s. I'm respecting my parents. I'm fearing my parents in the way that I fear the Lord. Meaning, I'm taking serious the ways that my parents raised me. Which means, because I'm in my late teens, my early 20s, ancient Israel, then I am passing that on to my children. I'm passing on the way I was taught to live. I am passed on the way of following God of perpetuating this faith, this tradition through the ages. Because the next part of this rule is reminding them that if they follow this rule, then they will be blessed in the promised land if they respect their parents, they listen to the ways, the ways they were taught, then they'll teach their children the same thing. And if those children respect their parents the same way, and they pass it along to their children, and so on, then the people will remain faithful to the covenant. And if the people remain faithful to the covenant, then the promised land remains the land of milk and honey. But if you don't respect the ways of the old, You don't remember that. You don't listen to it. Then it all goes to pot. If you have no respect for that, it all falls apart, like a dish room with two foot high stacks of dirty dishes. It all falls apart. Now God is not telling us to to perpetuate any of the bad habits that our parents may have had. Because guess what, I, I know I ain't perfect. I don't know if any of you are. I'm not gonna make any comments on that. You probably have all made mistakes too. But you also probably all remember mistakes your parents made with you, right? I know my parents made some mistakes, I just don't remember them at this point. Probably having two younger brothers. Yeah, I like them. but to remember, to remember all the right things. That when you have a parent that loves you, whether they're actually your parent, or they're your aunt, or your uncle, your grandparent, or someone who's not blood-related at all, to take that, to honor it, to remember they have your best at heart, and to pass it along. Because just as we are all someone's child, we are also all someone's parent, one way or another. Right, I know I'm talking to a congregation that's had more than one teacher, more than one nurse, more than than one person who has dedicated their lives to working with other people. There's a lot of parents here, just as there's a lot of children. So, what does this commandment mean for us? Especially in the light of Jesus, who, who tells us To remember that this commandment still applies. That's what that first reading was. When people said, we will take our responsibilities. That's what the Pharisees were saying. Mom and dad, we're not giving you any money, except whatever money we have after we make ourselves look good by giving to the temple. That was that first reading from Matthew. The second one, excuse me, you know, the I will pit fathers against sons and all that. That's a little harder to work with. And as I stand up here, I kind of completely forgot where I was going to go with that one. That's okay. It's okay because I've, I know I'll come back to it eventually. The long and the short of it being, what do we learn from this commandment? We learn that we are each responsible for making this faith work. We are each responsible for passing it along. We all know that what we learned from our parents and what we taught our children isn't simply the things we told them, but it was the way we lived. So remember that. You are passing along the teachings of the kingdom of heaven every time you do something in front of someone who's learning, even if they're an adult. So... Honor the legacy of those who came before you. Remember what they have done for you, and may you pass along that legacy, and even improve on it. Good luck. Hey, buddy. You want me to go play with me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is Beckett. He's, he's kind of clueless about y'all right now. That's okay. He's only two months. Anyway, my grandparents, though they both spoke Pennsylvania German if they wanted to, neither of them did anymore, but I still got some of that speech left in my, my bloodline. You know the way they talk to my parents, and you'll recognize when You talk to someone who's done a lot of Pennsylvania German, lived in Central Pennsylvania areas like that. We tend to mix up our verbs and subjects and places, like throw the horse over some hay, throw the throw the hay over. Some, I can't even remember. I can't do it unless I just do it out, just pure luck. Using the word caddywampus, you know what that is, right? Yeah. Okay. So I say enough of you guys know this kind of stuff. I got a little of that from them. But I also got the legacy of people who were greatly and dearly in love with their faith. People who just wanted to, to make this world a little better. And my dad and my mom, they both got that from their parents. And I got that from them. I hope I get to pass it on to him. I hope I get to be the kind of parent where he does honor me. At this point, he's still pretty clueless. But he's watching everything I do. So I'm going to try my best to always act in a way that makes him know that he is loved by me, by God. May you all honor the legacies of those who came before you so that those who come after will honor you. Amen.